Hello and welcome to our 41 subscribers on YouTube. We did it. We crossed the threshold. That's it. We're world famous now. Yeah, I think. I, 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 we, we got to keep producing content for our uh, avid fans, yeah. right? The content monster never stops eating. No, I did think I, I looked, I think we're getting close to like 65 of these uh, Monday check-ins. Um, Something like that. No, yeah, I mean, we've been at it for a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but this is the Monday check-in. Uh, I'm Damon Jensen Heitman. I'm one of the pastors of First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, joined by Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is the Monday check-in. So, what we do during the Monday check-in is uh we marvel at uh, how wonderful we are <laughs> and how many youtube subscribers we have and yep. how many there's a library of these things now like we we've we have it's a thing now right if there's if there's 60 of them i mean somebody could legitimately spend these run about 30 minutes each so you could legitimately spend 30 hours listening mm-hmm. to us talk over oh. a full day oh boy so, you know, if you're a person who likes to listen to podcasts and, you know, and take a nice Sunday afternoon drive, we got you covered. You could make it to Chiapas, Mexico, probably, and not listen to all of our wonderful content. If you binge watch series on Netflix, you could binge watch the Monday check-ins on YouTube. You could maybe people already do maybe that's a thing maybe that's like the next big uh tiktok video sensation is people recording themselves binge watching this content i love it i bet that's what it is we're putting that (laughs) challenge out there into the world for any of you who are tiktokers uh Mm -hmm. please uh join the channel (laughs) yeah hashtag I watched Monday check-in challenge. Yes. And we will, uh, we will send this particular Monday check-in to Maggie Nielsen, who is managing some of our social media for us, a uh, beloved member of this church, who's a, I believe a junior at University of Nebraska, Lincoln. And uh, she will do something with this uh, magical that is social media worthy, I think. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah. So what we'll do higher in a little bit is we'll take a look at the scripture readings that we're going to have for the upcoming Sunday worship service. And then we'll talk a little bit about, you know, what do we see in those? What are the themes? Uh, You know, how might those themes connect with our daily lives and living and and all that good stuff? Then we switch gears and we talk a little bit about life of the church, what's going on at First Pres, what folks might want to be aware of. So I will go ahead and offer us an opening prayer, if that seems appropriate. Please do. Loving and gracious God, thank you for the week that was. Uh, Thank you for the week ahead. Thank you for the opportunity to study your word and to grow in your ways. May we continue to be both nurtured and challenged by your saving words. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.
So this coming Sunday, uh, we have marks, marks a transition in the life of the church. We have wrapped up the uh, uh, Good Life sermon series, uh, the Although, official name of which I can never quite remember. I always want to say, but that it's living wisdom, the good life. living the good life. Living the good life. But I, I want to uh, compliment your prayer because it did link back to our sermon yesterday. Oh, yeah. Talking about finding nourishment in God's word. So well done, Damon. I know that was intentional. Cheers. <laughs> because this I was that song. like that phrase, like nurture and challenge is always in my brain because that was part of the um, uh, the mission statement at Wartburg College that they were dedicated to challenging to equipping students to lives of leader dedicated to nurturing and challenging students to like live lives of uh, leadership and service or something like this i used to have it but but there's a thing like they're, they're very intentional like we're here to nurture and to challenge our students and i and i've always found that to be i think that's I think partly what churches are called to do as well, right? that we're here to nurture people and to challenge people. Um, and I think communion is communion is a really good representation of that, right? That we receive the nourishment and we're called to be nourishment for others, right? So there's nurture and challenge. In it. Indeed. Um, fun fact that we've said on this podcast at some point, both Damon and I are products of Lutheran traditions of higher education. He at Wartburg and me at Pacific Lutheran University, where our motto when I was there was educating for lives of service. It's now much longer and I can't remember it, but that was a pretty simple, straightforward motto. Um, but nurturing and challenging was definitely part of my undergraduate experience as well. Um, and proud of that Lutheran tradition of higher ed, as, as we are proud of the Presbyterian tradition of higher ed we have here at Hastings College. Yes, of course. That, uh, Damon was a part of as the chaplain, and I continue to be part of as uh, a member of the board of trustees there. So, mm -hmm. and when we and challenging. Yeah, and we caught a little glimpse of it because we were we had worship at Hastings College on Sunday. Indeed. <clears throat> so, uh, so we've wrapped up the living the good life uh, sermon. And, and we're heading into, uh, into stewardship season in the church. And, and the lectionary has suggested a couple of texts uh, for us for this Sunday. And we're going we're gonna, to we're kind of lectionary folks, at least uh, fall to spring. Uh, summer, we get kind of wonky, but um, it's, it's hot, you know, our minds melt a little bit. So we have to do something else. <laughs> Uh, so we have blame our off lectionary sermon series on the hot weather that's really it's too hot to do lectionary yeah. <laughs> just gotta listen to song and read children's book that's like the level of discourse that my brain can handle in the summer you and um, Jessica, both, both, <laughs> both delicate flowers who wilt in the heat <laughs> I just don't have the energy, you know, it just yeah. saps it out of you. Uh, so this coming Sunday in the fall, um, we have a reading from Mark and then a reading from Hebrews as well. And the, uh, the lesson from Mark comes from chapter 10, verses 17 through 31, and it reads something like this. 
As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said, you lack one thing. Go sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words, as we still are today. But Jesus said to them again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, for mortals, it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age. Houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. There ends that reading. And then from Hebrews, we have this. This is chapter four, verses 12 through 16. Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before him, no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And there ends that reading as well. Uh, Greg, uh, what do you think that I got? You got some challenging scriptures to uh, to wrestle with here, Damon, but uh, important ones. There's a couple of details that jumped out at me in the Mark passage that I had not noticed before. Um, and so at verse 21, uh, so Jesus is having this, this dialogue with, the, um, we call this the rich young ruler. It must be that he's defined as a rich young ruler from a, this, this same story must occur in another gospel where he's defined as a rich young ruler, because we don't get that he's a rich young ruler in this passage. But they're having this dialogue. Uh, he says, what do I have to do to inherit life? Jesus says, follow the commandments. He says, I've done that since my youth. And then at verse 21, it says, Jesus, looking at him, 
loved him and said, you lack one thing, go sell what you own and give your money to the poor. It's the looking at him, loved him. I had not Mm -hmm. caught that detail in this passage before. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so Jesus, we have a phrase that we talk about speaking the truth in love. Um, and this is the epitome of that. Jesus is speaking the truth in love to this guy. And it's a hard truth. It's not a truth this guy wants to wrestle with, right? And we can see this guy's relationship to his material possessions because in verse 22, it says, when he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving for he had many possessions. So this guy is grieving the potential loss of his possessions, right? He's not grieving the loss of a loved one. He's not grieving a a, a diagnosis. He's not grieving the loss of a job. He's grieving the potential loss of his possessions, or perhaps he's grieving the fact that he knows that he's not going to be able to inherit eternal life that he's asked because he can't do what Jesus is asking of him. Um, And so you could definitely explore either of those things. One, Jesus speaking the truth in love or this, uh, this, when he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving. What's the source of his grief for he had many possessions. Okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's um, yeah, there's a lot (laughs) going on in, in this passage. And I think that it's, you know, our possessions are, uh, so let's assume that one of his possessions is a house, right? At, at least one house, you know, who knows? But the it's not just the house, right? It's there's a certain amount of safety and security involved oh, in having comfort. a house. Yeah, yeah. Like there there's a shelter, like there's you know, basic, like you can invite people over to your house and, and have fellowship and that sort of thing. You can't really do that when you don't have a house. So you know, all of these things are not just the things themselves, right? They're also, they confer status, they, within a community, they, um, they offer security and safety for uh, not just a person, but their family as well. Um, yeah, so it's, and I think by and large, we are all pretty heavily connected to our possessions, um, if not indebted to them in, in some way. Um, shape or form right like um just a significant amount of you know i mean i have a mortgage payment that i make right and that's i'm indebted essentially to my own house which (laughs) which seems weird i guess when i think about it that way but you're actually indebted to the bank who holds the note on that house yeah yeah. Um, that wasn't as artistic of a way of thinking of it greg (laughs) <laughs> I think it's interesting because you talk about like um, uh, speaking truth in love, right? I think it's interesting here that this person refers to Jesus as teacher in this moment, um, which is like a little bit different than prophet uh, and it's certainly different than Lord. 
like we often like people oftentimes refer to Jesus as Lord. Um, but here Jesus is referred referred to as teacher. Um, so Jesus is in that mode of um, instruction, um, which is, um, yeah, it's sort of like you go to your teacher and say, okay, what do I need to do to get an A in this class, right? And the teacher says, well, it's in, just read the syllabus. It's all right there. You <laughs> already know what you need to do. Okay, well, I'm doing all those things. What else? Well, you could do this extra thing if you wanted, and, and then you have to kind of decide whether or not you want to do that extra thing, I suppose. But And there's an interesting thing to name here in that my guess is that everyone who's listening to this podcast and then Damon and I there is a tension in this passage with our own lives and lifestyles that we have to name and have to recognize that we're living in that tension, right? Um, Dane's talking about the, the, the note on his house. I, I have one of those two. In fact, we're in the process of potentially selling our house in Idlewild and moving to a house in town if we can swing that. And in that process, I'm touching all of my possessions and thinking about what my relationship is to those possessions. And then I get into the office on Monday morning and Damon makes me read this passage from Mark 10 uh, for our podcast. And I realize the tension that I am living in and I need to name that. And I think anybody who has enough money to have an internet connection to be able to be listening to this podcast has to acknowledge that they're living in some level of tension as well with this kind of a passage. Um, and when Jesus says how hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God and his disciples who themselves have given up what they own and chosen to follow Jesus, even they are living in tension. They recognize they still have an attachment to their, their possessions and then Jesus doubles down how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. Easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Ouch, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like if you if you took this, if you said, okay, how well are we doing as people of faith, right? Are, are we being successful as people of faith or not, right? And then you read this passage, you would kind of have to say, no, like we're not... <laughs> Like, what is my grade? Like, what grade am I getting? I'm going to stay in sort of teacher mode, right? <laughs> um, and it's, it, it provides an opportunity for, for really honest sort of self-reflection um, and to what am I beholden and, and, and to what are, where does my loyalty really truly lie? Um, and they're tough questions, Um to ask and they're tough questions to answer um it's kind of like uh, on ash wednesday when we smear ashes on people's foreheads and remind them that of their imminent death in the grand scheme of things um they it's a it's a tough reality to come up against um but it, but we have to yeah and I, I, I have heard and I will own that I have preached uh, 
a sermon and heard a lot of sermons that does a fair amount of mental gymnastics around this passage from Mark um, to, to try, you know, there's, there's a uh, biblical commentaries out there that you can read specifically about uh, the statement about a camel going through the eye of a needle that there was, there's a particular uh, gate to get into Jerusalem that was called the eye of the needle uh, because it was a narrow gate and, and difficult to get through. And if your camel was stacked high with possessions, your camel wouldn't be able to make it through this particular gate into the old city of Jerusalem. And when we were over there um, in uh, October of 2019, so two years ago, in fact, it was two years ago that we left on our trip to the Holy Land. Yeah. Um, we, we saw the, the, the eye of the needle gate into the old city of Jerusalem uh, and, and, and reference this passage. And so you, you will hear preachers sort of talk about, we're not actually talking about threading a camel through the eye of a needle and they hold up a little sewing needle with a little tiny eye, like you can't punch a camel through there, but this is actually a reference. And, and, and then there's truth to that, right? There's, there's, we like the, the scripture is written in the context in which, or it exists in the context in which it was written. And so there probably was a eye of the needle gate into the old city of Jerusalem. And that's, Jesus isn't necessarily talking about threading a camel through the eye of a sewing needle, but instead is talking about this passage to get into the city of old Jerusalem. And, and if you stack your camel high with possessions, then you won't be able to get in the old city of Jerusalem, meaning you won't be able to get closer to God. Right. Um, because inside the old city of Jerusalem are the, the holy places where you can get closer to God. So anyways, uh, yeah. yeah, it's, I suppose, but then everybody's just going to, they're just going to make two trips <laughs> through. Like, right. like, so, which, which, so to me, then I'm like, nah, I think Jesus is probably like, probably talking about a sewing needle here. Right. <laughs> because other like, just to go back, just go back through the door. Like, like that's what anybody's going to do in that situation, right? I, Damon, I love the way you problem solve that. Like, just unload half the goods, send the camel through, and then send it back through and get the other half of the goods. That's some good problem solving. <laughs> and then you don't have to be, uh, then you don't have to get rid of any of your possessions. Yeah. Anymore, right? Yeah. And you can kind of feign this sort of uh, piety. Right, yeah, piety or righteousness. I suppose, right? But um, yeah, uh, and and the the Hebrews. Oh, so another, so I was I went back. I went. I was reading. So when I preach, I like to I read the text, obviously, and then I'll go back like maybe three chapters in the gospel and like read the three chapters up to it and read the three after, so you have a better idea of the where this passage falls in context. Yeah. Um, and this is the, in the middle of, there's three or four times in the chapters leading up to this, where Jesus offers these sort of um, uh, calls for reversals, right? Or, mm-hmm. or this sort of statement of the way that you and the way that we commonly think that this should work is not the way that God thinks that this should work. Right. So here we get the uh, many who are first will be last and the last will be first. This is like the third time that he's said that in the last two or three chapters. Right. Um, 
he says it maybe slightly differently each way, but each, you know, uh, whoever wants to be master of all must be servant of all. Um, yeah, we, uh, those, those who want to, uh, keep their life must lose it. And those who want, to, uh, lose their whole, life for the sake of the gospel will, yeah. Yeah. That whole thing. Um, so it's in the context of these, these sort of calls for reversal. Repeated admonitions, right? Um, and we, we preached on this, I think, three or four weeks ago when Jesus is gathered, welcoming the children. And, and they're in that same passage in Mark 9, just one chapter earlier. Uh, Jesus talks about uh, the last will be first and whoever uh, will be, yeah, be a servant of all. Yeah, it's, it's a repeated admonition that Jesus keeps, keeps trying to declare. Yeah. And it's also right before the beginning of the passion narrative in Mark's gospel. Uh, And there's interesting things going on here about salvation, right? And, and you could look at this and and you could say, is this like, is this kind of a works righteousness thing or what's going on when he asks in inherit um, eternal life? Right. That's what it is. Right. Um, Good teacher. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Yeah. What is, what is actually, what does he mean by that? Um, right. Cause inherit is really only a thing that you do while you're alive. Right. Right. And then Jesus says to do it, you have to sell your stuff and give to the poor. So there seems to be a tie to mm-hmm. works based salvation. The only way that you will, earn your way into heaven is, is by doing these particular works. Mm-hmm. So is that what Jesus is talking about? Or again, is this more about our relationship to wealth, our relationship to our possessions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like how you, you that this is about how we draw closer to God. Um, I like the way that you said that. And then, Cause then the disciples want to get into this conversation about who can be saved. Um, <laughs> so, oh, I didn't know this was about salvation really but maybe it is (laughs) or you know we're finding the proper place for our loyalty is uh is a thing that saves us from ourselves yeah maybe um and then the hebrews passage you know pairs well with this just in talking about the word of god and uh, we we understand jesus to be the word of god right um and I think that's how this passage is meant to be read. Um, It's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides, uh, soul from spirit, joints from marrow. Um, Things that seem intimately connected and related to one another. Um, And and highlights how, yeah, how piercing that the word can be sometimes and how convicting, I suppose, maybe. Yeah, and then the next line of that, it's able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Um, yeah, that, that gets right to the heart of the matter. And it's I think it's the lectionary uh, committee paired these two verses together for a reason, because I think we do read that Mark passage and we think, gosh, that feels like <laughs> I've been pierced to the heart, cut me to the quick. Yeah. And then you read this Hebrews passage is like, yep. The word of God, Jesus, living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, <laughs> able mm-hmm. to judge your thoughts and intentions. You're not, no creature is hidden from it. But yeah. the second half, 
there's there's the good news, right? Yeah. We have this great high priest, right? Christ is priest who has passed through the heavens. We have a high priest who is able to sympathize with our weakness. We have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Mm. Yeah, that Jesus knows the difficulty of, of what is being asked. Yeah. Which, which connects back to that point that the word that you pointed out at the very start of that passage from Mark, right? The, he looked at him in love. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked that I've never noticed that detail before, but Jesus yeah. looking at him loved him and said this, like, oh, wow, this is, this is grounded in Jesus' love for humankind and love for this particular human. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, and yep. that's, be- that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I don't think that love there is um, a synonym for pity. No. Right. Like I, sometimes we, we kind of equate those a little bit. <laughs> um, it's not, he pitied him. Um, he, he loved him and said, that's great. Like that's, that's wonderful that you have kept all of those things since you were a child. That's, that's wonderful. And I, appreciate that and and i love you and here's another thing that you could do (laughs) yeah Yeah. i don't know damon do you think it'll preach well i suspect it has a time or two before (laughs) 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 one might think that it could again indeed well should we switch gears and talk about what's going on in the life of our church yeah let's do it all right we had we had a, a a a slight alteration to our worship schedule this past week, um, but we are back on uh, kind of what has become our regular worship schedule for the last uh, couple of months, uh, which is? Which is uh, 8.30 in the park, uh, and we're going to do that, uh, well, as long as we can tolerate the, the weather, um, it's, it's probably going to be in the 50s or 60s on Sunday, and so bundle up, bring your chair and uh, join us at 8.30 for the worship service, followed by our Sunday school hour from 9.15 to 10.15 with some great classes for all ages, including adults, and then our uh, traditional worship service in the sanctuary at 10.30. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that's what we're back on for this coming Sunday. We should is... mention, sorry, uh, I was just going to mention, I believe that the chancel choir is scheduled or maybe this has changed. This has changed, hasn't it? Yep. Yes, okay. the Chancel Choir joined us for our worship service at Hastings College on Sunday, and so they are going to um, not be singing for us uh, on Sunday the 10th. So in if the you're park. in the Chancel Choir, you have that Sunday off. You're still rehearsing this Wednesday, but no, uh, not leading worship on Sunday. And uh, did the Chancel Bells move as well? I, I think, think so. I think the bells are playing on the 17th now instead of the 10th. Okay. I'll have to make an alteration to the bullets in that. Indeed. <laughs> but that can be done. So, um, what well, else? also, yeah, exciting thing this Sunday, uh, we're going to be doing Bible presentations. Uh, yeah. We do that every fall. Uh, we give Bibles uh, to, was it? Um, Confirmation, I think. Yes. Third grade. 
Yes. And kindergartners. I kindergarten. That I think sounds we, right. Like a picture Bible to kindergartners, first sort of word Bible to third graders, and then our confirmands will also receive their Bibles they'll be using all year to prepare for confirmation. And that'll be at the 1030 service. At the 1030 service. Yes, indeed. Uh, and then we have uh, Wednesday night continuing during the, during the school year. Um, and we continue to host um, as many of the activities outside as we can um, just to, you know, be, be careful and walk out, look out for the safety and well-being of um, some of the youngest amongst us. And um, yeah, so we'll be back at that on Wednesday also. And we have Sunday school uh, going on. The, for adult Sunday school, the Dan Daffenbaugh has been leading a forum series on wisdom literature in the Bible. And that wrapped up this last Sunday. So uh, so that forum series is all done. We've recorded the sessions and we have them on YouTube. Our 41 subscribers will already know that they are there. Um, so if you want to automatically know when they show up, uh, you can do that as well. And so we're going to take a couple of weeks off uh, from forum before we return in a, in a couple of weeks. So no forum this Sunday or next Sunday Um the 10th or the 17th. So, and we, our rebookulously Goodreads uh, group that is reading Home by Marilyn Robinson continues. Uh, we had a, a lovely chat this past Thursday evening and that chat has been posted to YouTube um, as has our first. And we'll have another pre-recorded conversation that'll show up this Thursday on YouTube as well. So uh, it's not too late if folks want to hop in and, and read home. Um, it's, it's, it's really interesting <laughs> for sure. It's a very, um, it's a methodical in some ways. It's a very patient book, I think. Uh, and the writing is very patient and um really reflects a kind of Midwest way of living and slowly relating to one another and, and slowly revealing what's uh, actually on our hearts and, and that sort of thing and, and touches on families and forgiveness and um, all the kind of hidden questions that we live with. Um, so uh, I recommend folks, we have, I think, one copy remaining in the office for anybody that, that needs a copy um, of the book. But, and I've got a copy I could loan you too, so. Okay, again, we've got two copies. Awesome. Uh, we do have a new, uh, new members class that'll be starting next week on Wednesday, October 13th. Uh, if you or someone you know might be interested in joining this church or knowing what membership in a Presbyterian church looks like, we invite you to uh, reach out to the church office and we'll get you signed up for that. We're excited. I think I got 12 or 14 people signed up for that class. It's, it's been a year since we held one. We held one in the middle of COVID, uh, safely socially distanced out at uh, Prairie Loft, actually. Um, and that was a successful class. And now we're holding another one. And so we're pretty excited about that. So, uh, yeah, hope you can join us for that. Um, anything else? I'm, I'm sure there is, but there's nothing else really on our list of things. 
Well, in so, that case, let me close us with a word of prayer. Okay. Gracious and loving God, we look at your holy word and we find words that both nurture and challenge us. This week, it feels like the challenge is a little bit more than the nurturing, and that's okay. We trust that you walk with us as we read these words and find ourselves in intention, in intention in the relationship that we have with, uh, with our possessions and with our wealth, in tension with the relationship that we have with others. We also uh, find words of hope, and particularly at the end of Hebrews, that we are invited to approach your throne with boldness and to draw near to you. May we continue to reflect on these words and reflect on the relationship that we have with wealth and possessions so that we can continue to draw nearer to you each day. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Well then, with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.